Turn your Bibles, if you will, to the book of Hebrews. As Bradley has mentioned, there uh, is some sort of game going on here after a while. And with that being on everyone's mind, I wanted to switch gears, uh, switch gears here at the last minute. Um, as instead of thinking about equipping the saints, and we'll pick that up back up next week. Uh, but it's interesting to me that as you look through Scripture, that Scripture always, or, or many times, especially Paul and a few others, they relate the Christian life to a race. Sometimes it's related to a war or a battle. Um, but they understand the idea of athletic games. And Paul mentions that uh, many times. And the Hebrew writer here talks about a race. And it's interesting that that word race uh, actually has to do with, with a struggle, uh, something that's difficult, uh, not just getting out here and run. Uh, my sister has run uh, several marathons uh, and races, and I, I tell her, I, boy, that takes, some, that takes a strong person to be willing to do that. Uh, the only time I want to be running is if I'm running from something that's after me. Uh, just to get out to run for, um, uh, for exercise is not, uh, not something I necessarily enjoy, but a lot of people do. And in Scripture, uh, they use the idea of a race to relate that uh, to the Christian life. Uh, before Andrew Jackson became the seventh, pre seventh president of the United States, he spent time as a major general in the Tennessee militia. And during the War of 1812, his troops, they, their morale was at a all time low. Uh, they uh, began bickering and devouring one another in, in words and, and the way that they looked toward one another. And finally, it's reported that uh, Andrew uh, Jackson. He called his troops together and he said, Gentlemen, let's remember the enemy is over there. And, and Paul and others, as they uh, talk about the race uh, and, and the uh, games, when people were involved in that, and they relate it to the Christian race, he reminds them of how Satan tries to get us to bite and devour one another. Satan tries to pull us apart, to, to take our focus off the goal. And in a race, that's, that's winning or, or just finishing sometimes. And so as we think about the Super Bowl that's about to take place, and, and a lot of people are thinking about athletics today, I want to I share with you a couple of things from the book of Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. The Bible says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. In the book of Hebrews, it also talks about, not just here about race, but it talks about endurance. Endurance means uh, the ability to withstand hardship, which is akin to that term race that we talked about, that it has to do with something that, that's a struggle, uh, not just something easy to go through. But as we think about this race, as we think about athletics of any sort, but today most people are thinking about football because of the Super Bowl, and, and there's some things about athletics that we can apply to the Christian life. The first thing 
that I think it is, I think we can apply, comes from chapter 12 and verse 1. It's important that we look at the, the winners around us. I mean, you, you think about just football. In college football, who's the one team everybody's trying to be like? Who's the one team every, everyone's trying to win? It's the team that keeps winning, right? In the NFL, everyone wants to beat the New England Patriots, right? They're playing tonight. They're always there. They're the winners. How do they get there? And everyone is trying to emulate what they're doing. They're trying to take what they're doing and put that in their program so that their program can also be winners. And in Hebrews chapter 12, the Hebrew writer says, look around at the winners. Who, who are those winners that he's talking about? He's, he lists them in Hebrews chapter 11. And there's a number of those uh, heroes. There's a number of those winners in Hebrews chapter 11, that we can look at, how did you make it in life? Well, we can look at all those and we can see they didn't make it in life perfectly. And just like the New England Patriots or the Alabama Crimson Tide, everybody wants to emulate what they do, but they don't do it flawlessly. But they have key things that they do that helps them to win. Same thing with these people here in the book of Hebrews chapter 11. These people not, are not necessarily sitting in a stadium like uh, thousands will be uh, are, are right now witnessing that game, but their life serves as a witness to us, gives us an example uh, that we should follow. Well, let's think about a few of these, a few of these heroes uh, found in Hebrews chapter 11. Think about Joseph. Have you ever had family problems? If you're having family problems right now and you're struggling with some things in your family, well, Joseph might be one of those heroes that you can go and you can look at. Joseph had some major problems in his family, didn't he? Well, his brothers became jealous of him, sold him, um, because they thought that his father loved him more. And so there was, that, there was that struggle, those family struggles that Joseph went through. Joseph understood that. And we can look at the life of Joseph and say, well, what, do I, what am I to do in my family problems? Well, we can look at Joseph's life and his family, and we can see some of those things maybe we should do or not do. Well, what about Moses? If we think we have a job that's too big, maybe we ought to look at Moses. You think about the, the job that Moses had. Leading thousands of God's people out of Egyptian bondage, crossing the Red Sea and just out in the wilderness wandering. Moses understands what it's like to have a job that might seem too big. What if we're attempted uh, 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 to retaliate? Maybe we ought to look at David and how David handled that problem. You think about the times he had the opportunity to take Saul's life. But the Bible says David did not do that. He respected the position that God had created for the children of Israel. He understands the temptation to retaliate. And we can look at his life and, and how he handled that. Maybe it is we struggle with patience. A character that we might look at, a hero uh, of faith, might be Peter. Peter struggled with patience some, didn't he? Peter was one of those that uh, would always speak out first. Maybe Peter was sometimes that person that might um, wish they could uh, take back some of the words that they said. Or maybe some of their actions. Yet, look at what Peter did for the Lord's church. Look at what Peter did for the cause of Christ, for the kingdom. You see, it's important 
that we look around at the winners. It's important that we get to know these characters, that we spend some time with these characters uh, and, and look at their lives as it unfolds on the pages of Scripture and how God worked in their lives and the struggles that they had so that we too can look around at these winners and say, listen, I, I know what it's like to be in that situation. How did you do it? Well, it's right here on the pages of Scripture as we look at these winners. If we want to be successful in the Christian life, just like an athlete, you have to look at those that are winning. And that's just not just those found on the pages of Scripture. We look at the lives of those we have known through our lives who have been, we call them many times, pillars in the church because of their life experiences and how they remain faithful. If we can go and talk to some of those pillars that were a part of this congregation, I'm sure they would say that life wasn't perfect or life was easy. But we can look at the things that they did and the way they were over, uh, able to overcome those things and look at how they won and how they were successful living the Christian life. Another thing that the Hebrew writer tells us is that we need to look at ourselves, Just like when an athlete uses training weights. One of the things that, that I think about is a baseball player. And a base, many times you'll see a baseball player when they, when they are in the on-deck circle. They'll put a weight, a lot of times we call it a donut, on their bat. And they're, they're in that uh, on-deck circle and they're swinging. Um, they're, they're getting ready. Um, they're, they're, they're exercising with that weight. But what do they always do before they step into the batter's box? They take that weight off, don't we? Because it, it, it would be a hindrance to them. I also think about an athlete that might be training for running or, or football or, or anything, baseball or basketball, and they have those parachutes. They'll exercise with those parachutes or leg weights to help build up their muscles, to help build up their endurance. But when they go to get in the race or they enter the game, they don't have a parachute on. They don't have weights on their legs. And the Hebrew writer says, look at yourself. Take off those weights that hinder you, that can hinder your endurance. Literally, the Bible says, or literally the word is to wear out. Take those things off because they wear us out. Well, what are some weights that might be in our lives tonight? Just think about some of these. Some might be dealing with the weight of pornography. And the Hebrew writer would say, lay that outside. So that you can run that race. Maybe, maybe you're, the weight that you're dealing with tonight are, are certain friends. Maybe there's some friends or acquaintances in your life that are holding you back. They're weighing you down from being successful in the Christian life. Maybe it's music or movies or television shows or books that you read. Uh, and, and those things are, are weighing you down or holding you back from being successful in the Christian life. Maybe they're, maybe they're not uh, um, just really bad, but there's, a, there are enough, there's enough in that music. There's enough in those movies and TV shows and enough in those books uh, that it weighs your mind down in thinking on those things instead of thinking on heavenly things. Maybe it is it's physical relationships. Maybe your weight tonight is gossip. Spreading things about people or talking about people uh, and sometimes that gets changed. Maybe it is envy. You desire what someone has so much that you want it. Maybe that's a weight in your life. Maybe it's hatred. Maybe someone, whether in the church or outside of the church, maybe someone has done something to you and, and hurt you so bad that, that you just hate them. 
We know what the Bible talks about on that, and maybe that's one of your weights. Maybe it is that, that you spend a lot of time thinking about things, that you want to accumulate things in life. Uh, many times we call that materialism. Maybe that's a weight for you tonight. Maybe it is that the weight for you tonight is apathy. Well, I, I just, you know, I'll go, I'll do this, I'll do that. I just really don't care. You know, I don't, I really don't care how things happen in the church. or I, I just really don't care how things happen in my family. As long as I'm satisfied, I, I really don't care. Maybe, maybe that's a weight for you. To, maybe a weight for you tonight is stress. Stress. Maybe it's faults or harsh judgments from others. Maybe it's people who are constantly putting you down. Maybe it's that feeling that, you know what, if, if I can't be perfect, then I can't do it. If I can't do it perfectly, then I'm no good. Maybe that's a weight for you tonight. And to be successful in the Christian life, like the Hebrew writer says, and like these athletes, there's some weights that we have to take off because they wear us out. They hold us back from being, um, there's the slogan, uh, be all that you can be. The army wants to make you all that. Well, God wants you to be all He's created you to be. And these weights hold us back and hinder us and wear us out. The Hebrew writer, he says, And let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run. He said, run. To be successful in the Christian life, we need to run, not walk. We need to be active, not passive. Sometimes it may be that we can look in our lives. James calls the Bible, uh, look into the perfect law of liberty. It's like uh, looking into a, uh, a mirror. And we can see, man, this is something I struggle with. Uh, this is a weight that I need to lay off. I need to put aside. But then sometimes coming down to doing that, it can be difficult. But you see, to endure and to be successful in the Christian life, we need to deal with those weights. Maybe it is we need to uh, ask God for help. Maybe it is we need to ask some other pillars, heroes, one of the terms that uh, is being tossed around in, in the religious world now is discipleship. Well, you know, that's a biblical term. Jesus said, go and make disciples. You see, that takes time and effort on our part. But that's what Jesus called us to do. Go and make disciples. Um, sometimes uh, being a disciple to someone is you see someone that is struggling with something. Uh, they, maybe they have some weights in their life and you notice that or you get to talking to hear, and you remember a time in your life when you dealt with a weight like that. And they need help taking that weight off. They need help laying that weight aside so they can be successful in the Christian life. And we need that as well. Well, the final thing I want us to think about uh, when it comes to being successful in the Christian life, just like those winners in athletics. We need to look at those winners. We need to look at ourselves. But here's something that's different from athletics. To be successful in the Christian life, the ultimate thing we need to be doing is looking to Jesus. He said, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. You see, to be successful in the Christian life, that Jesus needs to be our focus. 
Uh, this morning we talked about for His glory. In our relationships, uh, in all that we do, we, we do those things for His glory. Keeping that focus on Jesus. That's what Paul talked about. And we'll read that uh, wisdom of Paul here at the end. Paul talked about that. But this is how we endure. This is how we um, deal with those everyday things of life. This is how we persevere. Because life can get hectic and life can get tough. No matter where you live, no matter where you are in life, life can be tough. Life can be hectic. And we need to focus on Jesus. Uh, The Hebrew writer says he's the author and finisher, perfecter of our faith. One person said looking to Jesus describes an attitude of faith and not just a single act. And maybe that's the idea. Looking to Jesus is a part of laying those weights aside. In addition to looking at those winners and looking at those heroes and those pillars that we have known and their life and how they were successful, it's also looking to Jesus and that helps us lay those weights aside. Not just one act. Because Satan, he's not just going to give up after one time, right? He's going to keep on and he's going to keep coming back and he's going to keep saying, but you need that weight. Listen, if you, I know what they say down there at that church, but listen, if you want to be successful in the world, then you need that weight. And the Hebrew writer says, listen, if you want to be successful in the Christian life and eternity, you've got to lay those things aside. We need to put our focus on Jesus and our trust in Him. While Jesus was on this earth, He lived by faith. And the Bible tells us He came to set us an example that we should follow in His steps. And we too need to live by faith and trust in the Savior. You know, Jesus, He trusted in the Father. He put His faith in the Father as He lived on this earth. You remember in the garden, when He was praying before He would go and face that flogging, those beatings, and that crucifixion. The Bible says that He prayed, and this was His prayer. Not my will, but Your will be done. You see, even even in the struggle, even knowing what He's about to face, He said, Father, it's for Your glory. It's for your glory. But I want you to notice some of these. Um, have we seen the pictures yet? Jesus, He endured. Keep going a little bit more. Should be There we go. Jesus endured more than any of the Hebrew heroes of faith in Hebrews chapter 11. I want you to notice this next picture. This is a rather graphic picture from the crucifixion of Jesus. You see, when we we think about enduring, we need to think about what Jesus endured for us. It's difficult to lay aside those weights sometimes. Satan makes it difficult. Some of those weights are fun. Some of those weights make us at sometimes feel good, but then later feel bad and weigh us down. And that's what he's trying to say. But when we think about what Jesus did, what Jesus gave up, what Jesus endured, that flogging, 
being spit on and beaten and hung on the cross. He endured a lot. He endured a shameful death, suffering, taking on the sins of the world. Temporarily, temporary separation and rejection from God. He endured to the finish. John chapter 17 and verse 4, I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you have given me to do. What enabled Him to do that? Well, John chapter 3 and verse 16 tells us love. Love. Because He loved us that much, He was able to endure. He didn't use divine power. You know, we sing the song, He could have called 10,000 angels. They were at His disposal. But He died alone for you and for me. Jesus likely was thinking about not only us, John 17, likely thinking about the joy of being reunited with the Father, the future. Many of those heroes in Hebrews chapter 11, they thought about the future. The Hebrew writer says they, they thought about a, a, a place where a, a building whose foundation was not made with men's hands, but that of the Heavenly Father. I think about Peter in Matthew chapter 14. You remember when he was out there walking on water and Jesus had to say once he began to sink, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? But as long as Peter was focused on Jesus, he was able to walk on water. He was able to do great things. He was able to be successful in walking with the Lord. So how do we do that? Well, we do that by looking at those who have been successful in the Christian life, the winners. We do that by looking at ourselves and looking at the things that we need to work on and the things that we need help with. And we look for people who have been down that road. I don't know about you, but in life, when I talk to someone who's been where, I've, where I'm at, oh, that's a huge help. That lets me know there's, there's another brother or sister in Christ that I can talk to, that I can lean on to help me lay this weight aside. And it's always important to look to Jesus. I want you to notice two passages of Scripture here and then the lesson will be yours. I call it wisdom from Paul as it relates to living the Christian life and being successful. Philippians chapter 3, notice, beginning in verse 12, Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. You see, the emphasis is on Christ. But he's saying, I'm struggling. I'm trying to do the same thing. I'm trying to focus on Christ. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, he writes these words beginning in verse 7. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. If we could talk with Paul, Paul would say, No, no, it wasn't easy. It was not easy. 
There were times I, I wanted that I did things I didn't want to do, and there were other times I wanted to do things and I didn't do them. There were times I was scared. There were times I struggled. And there were times I were very, very faithful. But how'd you do it, Paul? I knew other winners. How'd you do it, Paul? Well, I had to look at myself sometimes. How'd you do it, Paul? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for His appearing. Life is difficult. And the Bible gives us example after example of encouragement to persevere. The book of Revelation is a mighty book. And when you think about those Christians and the things that they were going through, the persecution that they faced, the difficulties that they faced, and the encouragement they received when John wrote that letter, hang on. Hang on. I'm coming. You're not alone. God has seen and heard your oppression. You're not alone. And here's what I want you to know. Churches, Christians, in me, there's victory. Jesus tells them. There's victory in Jesus. Satan, if you haven't figured out, if you're trying to live the Christian life, Satan's after you. If you're not trying to live the Christian life, maybe Satan's not after you. But if you're trying to live the Christian life, Satan's after you. And he wants to make it difficult. And so as we think about athletics, as we think about war, as we think about uh, this great football game that's going to take place, when we think about how, they, how those athletes got there, well, more importantly, we think about the heroes of faith. We think about the pillars that we have known that all have gone on to their reward. They were winners. And then we look at ourselves and we say, are there some things that I need to work on? Are there some people in my life, in my church family, that can help me overcome those things and help lay those things aside? And then always look to Jesus. John chapter 1, Jesus understands what it's like to struggle in humanity. But He also understands what it's like to be an overcomer. Tonight, if you're not a child of God, it's our prayer that because of God's Word, not anything I've said or, or that we've said necessarily, but because of God's Word, that your heart has been pricked and you realize you need to be in Christ and you want to give your life to Jesus and be buried with Him to grow on your way rejoicing. We can assist you with that tonight. Please don't hesitate if you're in that case. If you're in that situation, we want you to be a, a winner. We want you to be successful, not just in life, but in the Christian life and in eternity. Maybe you're here tonight and you have some weights. You don't have to be specific, but maybe you have some weights in your life that you want to lay aside. And you need some help from your brothers and sisters in Christ. You need us to pray with you and pray for you. We want you to know we can do that. We're not going to hold anything against you. We're not going to look down on you because maybe we've been there too. And we're going to walk beside you and we're going to put our arm around you and we're going to love you because we want to help you. Because we need that help too.
And we're going to encourage one another to focus on Jesus. If you need to respond to the Lord's invitation tonight, don't wait another moment. Come forward and let us assist you any way we can as together we stand and sing.